Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. We are going through the Gospel of Mark this year. And if there's anything you need to know about the Gospel of Mark, is that Mark writes like Jesus is an action figure. Things happened very quickly in the Gospel of Mark. In fact, Mark's favorite word is the word immediately. We see it three times in these six verses alone, and it is throughout the Gospel. Mark doesn't have a lot of the stories that Luke and Matthew have. And in fact, the stories that Luke and Matthew have that Mark talks about, they happen in a verse. Jesus is baptized. Jesus goes out to the wilderness. Here we have Jesus proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. It's all very urgent. It's all very fast. And in fact, when I read the epistle reading for this week, I couldn't help but get the same impression from St. Paul, right? I don't know about you, but when I was in church as a kid, there were always sermon series and forums on things like marriage and how to manage your money, how to build up wealth in the name of the kingdom. And yet in Paul's letter here, he says the kingdom of God is on hand. And for you, if you don't have a husband or a wife, or even if you have them, let it be as if you didn't. That kind of flies in the face of our obsession with marriage in the church. Now again, I'm not trying to make fun of marriage and not not hold it in the highest esteem. But it doesn't seem like Jesus or Paul are all that concerned about it. In fact, Paul says in the next verse, those of you who have possessions, those of you who have wealth, be it as if you didn't have it. Again, there's this urgency on the scene for Mark, for Paul. And what is the content of that urgency? The kingdom of God has come near. We see this in the very first verse in Mark. When it says that John was arrested, the real Greek word there is John was handed over. The same word used time and time again for Jesus when he is handed over to the authorities to die. The age of the law and the prophets are over. The age of the kingdom, of the gospel, is at hand. So drop everything that you're doing and get on board. What does Jesus say here? What are his first words in the gospel of Mark? Repent. Believe. Something new is on the scene. And it demands your entire life. It demands my entire being. Repent. Change your mind. Change your life. Believe. The good news is at hand. Jesus himself is here. Now in that second paragraph that we have, again, Mark is very quick. Immediately this happens. We don't get into the minds of the disciples at all, right? Simon, Andrew, all of these folks. Jesus simply goes up to them and says... Follow me. Repent. Believe. We are not told what goes through their minds. We are just told they are seized. 
by this gospel message, the announcement that something new is on hand, that all things that have gone wrong will be made right. Biblical scholars, I think, very helpfully talk to us. I think our first question when we hear this, we're like, well, the disciples must have known about Jesus. Or maybe they really did know him, even though this text says they didn't. That's to miss the point entirely. The point of the text is that this word that comes out of Jesus' mouth, it seizes people. And it seizes people like you and me. And thanks be to God that this good news of the gospel did not just seize them back then, but it seizes us now. The good news of the kingdom is at hand. The status quo is being done away with. Jesus is here and he calls us to follow him. Now, I think there's a really easy tendency to misunderstand this message. And I don't know if this is what was taught to me in church when I was a kid or if I just internalized it this way. But when I was younger, I thought I have to, Jesus says, repent and believe, right? So my whole existence is working on repenting perfectly. And I really can't do anything else or do anything else well until I have repented perfectly. But what this text is saying to us, and we see it, right, in these disciples who are called. A lot of us, we tend to think of the disciples as, you know, after they've gotten their acts together. Or, or in the, the icons, or in the portraits, when they are doing all of these good things. But these are fishermen. These are not impressive people. These people remind me of myself, my freshman year of high school. I was told all growing up that if you don't act tough, then the rest of your schooling is going to be rough. And there was a time, and I was telling Jim about this this morning, where for no reason at all, this one kid just wanted to humiliate me and said I could beat that kid up. And I just had internalized my father said, what people around me said, and I was like, well... I am scared out of my mind, but I've got to stand up to this guy. And the whole rest of the day, I'm in all these classes, and I'm learning all this stuff, only I'm not, because I'm only paying attention about one thing and one thing only, and it's how do I not get beaten up at the end of this class, at the end of this day? And we confront each other, and I am scared out of my mind, but at the last second, that person who wanted to fight me, decided, no, I'm not going to do this. And I end up looking like the hero. (laughs) And I end up looking really tough. And if only they knew, I was not tough at all. I was shaking in my boots the entire time. I was like, I guess I'll just throw a fury of punches. And the reason I tell that story isn't to give you some random anecdote about my life. It really is to show us that I think the disciples are these same figures for us. They're actually not all that impressive. They've actually not repented, as we'll see throughout the gospel as we continue to read it. And yet, Jesus tells these people who have been seized with the gospel message that I will make you fishers of people or fishers of men in the old language. What this means for you and me today is that the Christian life is not just one repentance that lasts forever and you've had your act together. The Christian life is a series of 
repenting and failing and believing and repenting all over again. And in the midst of that ever-present flow of repentance and faith, you and I don't have to wait until we've got it all figured out or all together. We proclaim the good news that the kingdom of God is at hand in the midst of our mess, in the midst of our failures to repent well. There's this great song that Campbell's not going to sing today, but he's going to sing it again soon. And he does it so well, the choir does it so well, and it's become one of my favorite hymns. And in it is that perfect line for this text, If you tarry till you're better, you will never come at all. If you think you've got to repent perfectly before you act, before you move, before you proclaim this good news of the kingdom, well then, we're never going to come at all. We're never going to proclaim this good news at all. And what I find so reassuring in this message is not that the disciples don't seem to have a choice, even though they kind of don't. What I find reassuring about this message is that the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, the good news of the forgiveness of sins, and that Christ is undoing all that has gone wrong, seizes us. I don't grab hold of it. I don't hang on to it for dear life, although sometimes it feels like I do. This message, this Lord seizes me and you. And I find this message very freeing. Very freeing because there is a freedom to fail in this message. To internalize the fact that the Christian faith is a series of, of repenting and believing and beginning anew. As Jake loves to say, it's not about good people getting better. It is about being made brand new every single day. It is about beginning again. And so when I fail, when you fail, we receive that forgiveness and we are free to begin again. To proclaim this good word to those who are lonely, those who are suffering, those who can't seem to get their acts together. Now, I don't know where you are at this morning. I don't know what the pandemic's done to you. I don't know what the economy's done to you. But I suspect that a lot of us, both in this room and online, are dealing with a lot of failure. The failure to repent. The failure to get out of bed in the morning. This all-encompassing feeling of malaise. This word from Mark, this word from our Lord, is not what you hear in Union Square. You are a piece of garbage. Repent. No, this word is that word that enacts what it calls for that seizes us time and time again. And this is why we come here every week, to read the word, to hear it proclaim, to feast on the body and blood of Christ, because we can't manufacture this. This word seizes us over and over again. We repent and believe hour by hour. This is not a word of condemnation. 
No, this is a word that energizes, that equips, that gives these unimpressive fishermen a vocation. These rough-around-the-edges figures who fail time and time again, as we'll see over the course of this year. Repent. Believe. Be seized by this great word. And that great word is this, that despite everything, despite everything in the world out there, despite everything here, you and I are loved. You and I are forgiven everything. And Christ isn't going to leave us there either. Christ is going to make us righteous. Christ is going to renew and refresh and restore everything that's gone wrong out there in the world, but in your life too, in my life too. This is the good news of the kingdom of God, that our Lord is seizing us, calling us, equipping us, and forgiving us. So live into your freedom. Do not let the the dread that you wake up to at 3 o'clock in the morning, that does not have the final word. In fact, that word has been stilled by this word of the inbreaking of the kingdom. This word is an invitation to freedom, to service, to experience love, and to love. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.